I want to introduce my wonderful, dear, overseeing spiritual father, pastor friend, the guy who has been such an inspiration in my life, his wonderful wife Jeannie is with, and Pastor Mike Ware, an incredible, incredible man of God. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that we get to go camping after the service. We are doing what people do in northern cultures when it's, you know, you get out when you can. <laughs> it's green, we're going to go. So, Brother Mike, we love you very much, you and Jeannie. Yeah. Thank you much. I think she's going to say something. She always wants to say something. Yeah, you know, women always have something to say. First of all, thank you so much for having us again. We were here back in February, and so we just, we love this church. It's just wonderful. Uh, but as I've been uh, reading in my daily Bible reading, I hope all of you have some kind of a daily Bible reading, uh, I just, it just dawned on me. I don't know why it just dawned on me, because I've read through the Bible so many times. But right now, in part of my Bible reading, I'm in the book of Deuteronomy. And I just realized, and I started underlying how many times... Deuteronomy is where Moses is repeating and reminding Israel. And the church is a type of Israel. Reminding Israel of all the wonderful things that God did for them. And repeatedly, over and over and over, he's, he makes this one little phrase. He says, the God the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God did this. The Lord, your God did that. The Lord, your God will bless you. The Lord, your God will keep you. The Lord, your God will strengthen you. And just, I realized he is making God so personal to us. He's a personal God. You know, we sang songs this morning about Jesus doing these wonderful, amazing things on the cross, setting us free from so many things. And when I sing songs like that, I just have to put my hand on my heart and my other hand lifted to God and make it so personal. Communion is so personal. Because if you had been the only one, Jesus would have done that for you. And I just believe that there's somebody in here this morning, and you only know the God of your spouse, or the God of your grandmother, or the God of the Bible but not necessarily the Lord, your God. And he wants you to know that he sees you and he is here for you. And all you have to do is reach out to him and he will personally, because he's a personal God, reach down his hand and take yours. And you are in a wonderful place. Pastor Jordan and his wonderful wife, Elizabeth, people on the staff here, they can lead you to where that God will be the Lord, your God.
Do it today. Don't delay. Amen. I still don't know why. I still don't know why you want me to preach. I mean, she gets up here, and you know what else can I say? How many of you are awake? Turn to your neighbor and slap them. No, no, don't do that. I was just wanting to make sure you're awake. But uh, we're so glad to be here again. And uh, now in the summer times, compared to the winter times, so it's good to be here. And your pastor and his wife are such great hosts to us. And we're just really blessed to be here. You know, uh, there's Caleb. I hadn't had a chance to say hi to Caleb. How you doing, Caleb? Good to see you this morning. Yeah. Awesome. I, always, I like Caleb. How many of you like Caleb? Caleb's a good guy. <clears throat> He is looking more like Howard Mandel than anybody I know. Howie Mandel, good to have you. Amen. It is great. That's great. Well, uh, open up your Bibles to the book of Jonah, chapter 3. When's the last time you went to the book of Jonah? We're going to jump in there in just a moment because uh, I want to speak today about running with God. Let me read these first five verses. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise. And go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk, and then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God... They proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. You know, I want to talk to you this morning about running with God. Because, see, when we start, we're going to look at Jonah. Jonah learned how to run from God. He learned how to run to God. But he finally learned how to run with God. And, you know, some of you are really good at running from God. Some of you have even run to God, but... You know, are you really running with God? You know, that's the real great test of every Christian right now, is are you really running with God? Because anybody can run from Him, anybody can run to Him. And the great test, as I'm saying right now, is, is, is running with God. And I'm going to tell you, it's a job, it's a grind, it's something that creates a determination. But that's the next level of Christianity. And I don't know about you, but I want to go to the next level in my Christian life. How about you? I said, how about you? That's a little bit better. Amen. You are awake, right? Okay. Feels like winter out there. Looks like winter's coming. Makes you want to hibernate, I guess. I don't know. It's hot in Denver. 99 yesterday at my house. Aren't you glad you're not where I'm living? Amen. I wish I was where you're living. Uh, you know, in chapter 1, let me just back up. Chapter 1, chapter 2, we see the story of Jonah. All of you know the story of Jonah. I mean, God tasked him with this responsibility of going to Nineveh and telling them that he's going to destroy the city unless they repent. He says, so Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and tell them that I'm coming. You tell them that unless they repent, we're going to burn the city down. I mean, that's basically what was going to happen. And, and you know what Jonah said? He said, ain't going to happen. I'm not going. And he began to run away from God. He ran from God. Some of us are running from God. He ran from God as far as he could go. And as you remember, in the next chapter, it talked about a big fish called a whale. We always say a whale. Swallowed him up. He was in a great storm. They threw him off the ship. This whale swallowed him up. And as far as he knew, he was going to die. But I want you to know right now that 
Jonah did all he could do to run from God. And you know, some of us are really good at running from God. God gives you a task or an assignment. He wants you to give something. He wants you to serve in some way. And you just say, no, God, I'm not going to do it. We're good at running from God. And then we find ourselves in such a wonderful place like a belly of a well. And that's where Jonah found himself. And he began to recant and begin to call out to God. But, you know, I want you to know right now that you can run, but you can't hide. You've heard that old saying, haven't you? And you can run as far as you want to run from God, as far away from God as you can run. But can I just tell you right now, he's going to be wherever you are. God is everywhere. He's omnipotent. You know, David, the king of Israel, found that out in the middle of his sin. He tried to run from his sin. Let me read this to you. Psalm 139, verse 1, it says, You have searched me and known me. You have known my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. See, David is saying, wait a minute. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, you understand me. You know my thoughts. He said, you have hedged me behind and before, and you have laid your hand upon me. And where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Then David said, if I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Look, I want you to sell it right now that no matter what God has asked you to do, you can't run. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly how to find you. He knows exactly what to do to get your attention. And he's got some of your attention, I hope, today. In Jesus' name. That's what Jonah discovered that, that, that changed his life and changed his destiny and changed his future. And if you will discover this morning that God is wherever you go, wherever you're running from, he's right there because he loves you, he cares about you. He wants you to obey his word to, to, to you. If you'll ever just understand that one little part, your life will change, your destiny will change. But I want to jump into this. The key verse that I want to focus on right now is in verse 1. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Now this is the most amazing verse because Jonah had faltered, he failed, he, uh, he ran, he was swallowed up into this slimy darkness, and he cried out to God. But I want you to see that God gave Jonah a second chance. How many of you are glad for a second chance? Listen, I'm really glad for second chances. I've probably gotten five. I was just praying a little while ago as we were worshiping. I said, Look, you know, Lord, I think you probably have given me probably five or 10,000 or maybe 500,000 second chances in my life. But I want you to see this. This is important for you to get this message that I'm about to share with you. Jonah got a second chance. A second chance. God is always trying to give you a second chance. I mean, you may have blown it. You may have ruined it. You may have destroyed it. You have maybe run from it, but I want you to know that God never gives up on you. And this is really good news for some of you right now because you have friends and family that are running from God and God hadn't given up on them. They're running from God. God sees them in a stormy sea. Maybe you're watching them right now get swallowed up by a well or by a tragedy or by a trial. But I want you to know that God has not lost them. God has not forgotten them. God is there to give them another chance. In fact, today, some of you sitting right here today, you've been running from God and you've blown it yourself. You've ruined it yourself. You've destroyed it yourself. And you know what? You think God will never help me. God will never do anything for me. That's not true. God is here to give you a second chance. How many of you want another chance? Because we need another chance in our lives. Because we're not perfect. We blow it. We mess up. And some of you have been running from God. Can I tell you what God's doing? This is what I see God doing. Grabbing the collar of your shirt and jerking you back. That's what I'm seeing God do to some of you right now. 
He's trying to jerk you back to some reality. Listen, when you finally get to the place where you're ready to quit running and you start running to God instead of from God, can I tell you what happens? He forgets what you were in. He forgives what you were doing, and he moves on. You know, I, this is just a little side note. Do you realize that God used Jonah? We know that God used Jonah. Do you know that God, God never brought up that whale thing again? Do you know that he never mentioned it again? Did, did you ever notice this? Because God moves on. Listen, when you're ready to run with God, I know you're running, some of you are running from God, some of you have run to God, but there's a difference between those two things and running with God. I want you to learn how to run with God. I want you to understand that no matter what, what you're going through, God has not given up on you. He's going to chase you down. And he's, he's never going to give up on anything that you do. He wants to give you a second chance. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you three things that might help you to understand, if you will, how to run with God. How many of you want to learn how to run with God? Amen. That's why you're here, I hope. Number one is you just need to say yes. Just say yes. God has always given you another chance to say yes. Always to say yes. Why? So you can run with him. You know, that's what he did with Jonah. In fact, I love the verse that says he came to Jonah if you will, and gave him another chance. He came to him a second time. God wants to come to you a second time. When God calls you to something, the first thing you and I do is try to make every excuse we can think of because I, I don't know how you are, but when God calls me to something, it seems like it's a distraction. It seems like it's an inconvenience or a sacrifice on my part to go do it. Or am I the only one that's like that? That's how, that's how it feels to me. And so I just sometimes want to say no. And by the way, I guess that's cool if you like whales. I mean, if you want to say no all the time, just get used to whales because you're going to be riding in one for a long time. But we just say no. And if you don't want to be swallowed by a whale, sloshing around in that dark, slimy place, being processed as future whale waste, why don't you just say yes? You know, God is looking for you to just say yes to Him. Hello, are you here? Yes. I mean, if you want to stay on the right side of the well, when God asks you to do something, why don't you just automatically say, okay, yes, no problem, no matter what happens. You know, I've learned something over the years. God does not have to explain to me what he's doing, and he doesn't have to show me why I need to say yes. I just need to say yes. I mean, with God, it's never about your ability. It's about your availability. God is looking for some yes men and some yes women. That's what he's looking for right now. Can I say it again? It's never about your ability. It's always about your availability. I mean, think about David, that young boy who went out and saw the giant Goliath. And, and um, you know, God did not need David to kill the giant. Did you know that? God could have done that for himself. But isn't it a lot more fun to read about a young boy that put a whooping on that giant? Isn't it a lot more fun? But the reason why is because David said, yes, listen to this. The power behind the rock came from the yes. The power behind your life that blesses you comes from the answer, yes. You and I need to say yes. If you want to run with God, the first thing you need to do is be a yes man, no matter what it is, no matter what the sacrifice, no matter, listen, there's power behind the yes. And what you're going to do, you're going to discover God's ability because of your availability. It comes from a yes, a yes. Let me show you something about what I mean when I say uh, that you, you and I need to say yes. Can you put that slide on the screen up here? 
That one right there. Okay, I want you to look at this. I want to give you an equation so that you can walk in the perfect will of God. Everybody wants to walk in the perfect will of God. Here's the equation. R plus D equals PWG. Here's what it means. Revelation plus decision equals the perfect will of God. Okay, let me explain this. We're on a path. I'm on a path right now. And God brings to me something He wants me to do or an assignment, or something He wants me to give, or maybe a place He wants me to serve. And you know what? If I say yes, and I made the right decision, I continue straight in this path called the perfect will of God. If I hesitate or say no, or I'm not going to do it, I drop down, if you'll see where the little fork in the road is, I drop down into the permitted will of God. Now, a lot of us are walking in the permitted will of God. It's where God allows us to be. It's what happened with Jonah. Jonah was walking in the permitted will of God. He allowed the well to come. He allowed the storm to come. He allowed all those kind of things to happen. Because when you're in the permitted will of God, it feels like the presence of God is kind of dulled. You know, it's, it's like we've come out from underneath the umbrella of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Because, you know, when you're walking in the perfect will of God, you just feel the presence of God. But when you're walking in that parallel line right there, you know, it's, you're close to God, but it's just not the same. I mean, it's just, you don't feel quite as protected and covered, those types of things. So listen, if you're going to say yes, here's what it does. It allows you to walk in the perfect will of God, where the power backs up the rock, where the power backs up your life, where the anointing backs up your life. But if you just hesitate and say no, you're going to drop down into the permitted will of God, and you'll be walking parallel to the perfect will of God. And I know a lot of people who've walked into the permitted will of God all of their lives. And they talk about God, and they talk about the past, and they talk about all those kind of things, but, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. It's a parallel path. It's close enough to the perfect will of God, but, and it feels pretty good, but there's a problem. The problem is that you know, the anointing, the presence, the hand of God feels muted, as I said a moment ago, dulled. And it's like we've just stepped out underneath the umbrella, and the world has its way with us, it seems. Am I making sense of, with this? Now, I want you to notice this. If you're in the permitted will of God, and you're in the belly of a whale, or in the middle of a trial, or trouble, or tragedy, and you know you're in the permitted will of God, if you'll notice that there's always a fork in the road where the Holy Spirit's trying to get you back. In other words, there's an exit ramp off of the permitted will of God to get you back into the perfect will of God. There's always an exit ramp. And I don't know if today is that exit ramp for you. It might just be for some of you today. But I just want you to know right now that God wants, to, he wants you to take this ramp and get back in the perfect will of God and just say yes to him. Whatever it, is, whatever it is that you've said no to, would you just back up a little bit and say, hold it right there, Lord. I realize I, be, I should be saying yes. I'm in the belly of a well. I'm in a dark place. I'm in a hard place right now. The reason why you're there, it's not because God doesn't love you. It's because God's hand has come off of you. You've moved into the permitted will of God. Okay, I'm trying to do my best to explain this to you. Are you getting this? Does this make sense to your mind and heart and your spirit? See, this is where Jonah was. It's where a lot of people are in churches, sitting in churches today. They're in the permitted will of God. You know, you had a revelation. You know, God spoke to your heart. God called you to do something, and you just made up your mind. You said, no, I'm not going to do it. Because you didn't like it. You didn't understand it. 
It's cost you something. Take up your time. And so you moved out of the perfect will of God into the, uh, into the permitted will of God. And if that's you, I want you to know the Holy Spirit's trying to get you back on track. That's why you come to church on Sunday. Pastor Jordan is trying to get you back on track. Because we get in this other place and it's not comfortable. And we complain and we gripe and we murmur. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about because that's where you are. Because you're in the permitted will of God. I just want you to know that God is always here to give you another chance. Every one of those exit ramps is the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance. He's always trying to get you back on track. There's always a place, if you will, for a well to spit you out. If you'll take that ramp. Some of you need to make that decision to take the second chance. And the Holy Spirit's knocking on your door right now because you know you're in trouble. Some of you are in trouble financially. Some of you are in trouble just with relationships or whatever it might be. You just feel like you're in a dark place, maybe a hopeless place. Why don't you just take the exit ramp, let the well spit you out, and let's go on and do what God has called us to do. Make a decision today because I don't know how long it will be before there's another exit ramp for you. Number one, you've got to say yes. Number two, just go. For Jonah to run with God, he had to say yes, and then he had to get up and go do something. He had to go. In fact, in verse 3 it says, So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. He arose and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, I don't know if you caught this or not, but when in the beginning of those chapters it says, in the beginning it says that, that he arose and fled when God called him. But now we're reading that he arose and he went. In other words, the exit ramp, he found the exit ramp, the well spit him out, and he decided, I'm going to go. He said yes, and then he said, I'm going to go. That's the difference between running from God and running with God. And I don't know if you know this, I probably have shared this with you, but two-thirds of God's name is go. This is, this is down to the level where I, underst- where I understand it. And hopefully it's where you understand it. But when God asks you to do something, give something, whatever it might be, uh, it's about us saying yes, and it's about us getting up and going. Right? Right? Are you, are you awake? Slap your neighbor. Let's make sure they're awake. Pinch them real hard. No, don't do that. But to see the hand of God move, we just need to, to go. To go. You know, if I were to have you stand up and look in the seat where you're sitting, Some of you say, that's the only impression I'm making in life. Right? That's because you're not willing to go. Hello? Are you here? I was going to make them all stand up, but I decided I better not. I didn't want them to leave. I want you to know that miracles wait for movement. And when you move, God's move. When When you take a step, God takes a step. I've learned this over the years. God's waiting on me. I mean, we, we wait on God, but God said, it's done. It's finished. I'm, I'm waiting on you now. Take this step. Do what I called you to do. Say yes, and then get up and go. Go. Do what I've called you to do. Fulfill the assignment that I've given to you. Just say yes and start moving. Everybody say, start moving. It reminds me of my three Cajun friends, Boudreaux, Thibodeau, and Arsenault. I usually tell you about them every time I come, or at least some of them, right? <clears throat> well, Thibodeau, Boudreaux, and Arsenault were sitting around. They had a crawfish boil, and they were sitting around eating boiled crawfish. 
one afternoon, and they started talking about, what do you want people to say about you when you're laying in your casket and they're looking down on you? What do you want them to say about you? He said, Arsenal, what do you think? What do you think you want people to say about you? He said, well, he said, I want them to say I was a good man, that I went to church on Sunday, and that uh, I worked hard to provide for my family. They said, well, Thibodeau, what about you? What do you want them to say about you? He said, I want them to say that I had a good shrimp business. You know, uh, that I was a good husband. You know, I worked hard. I did all those kind of things. And they all turned to Boudreaux. They said, Boudreaux, when you're dead, when you're lying in your casket and people are looking down at you, what do you want them to say about you? He said, I want them to say, look, he's moving. You see, you know what God wants to do? He wants to turn to the angels and look at you and say, look, they're moving. Look, he's moving. Look, she's moving. Look, if you want to run with God, you've got to say yes. If you want to run with God, you've got to get up. You've got to go. You've got to start moving. Anybody following this? God says to get up. If you want to run with me? If you want to run with me, you've got to take a step. You've got to make a move. Second chances are all about two things. It's about the yes and the go. And the miracle that God had planned for Nineveh and the people depended on the yes and the go. Listen, the things that God is hoping that you'll do is say yes and go because somebody's life might be changed forever because you did that. A yes and a go. Look, this is so simple. How to run with God. How to run with God. And I believe there's a breakthrough that only one yes, it's only one yes and only one step away. There's a breakthrough for your life if you'll just say yes, if you'll just take one step, if you'll just go. Your breakthrough is being held hostage because you keep saying no to everything. No to giving, no to tithing, no to serving. No to coming to church. You know, people only come to church about once every two or three weeks now in America. Isn't that crazy? It is true. I don't know if it's like that here in Montana, but I guess it's that way in Montana. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I get to see your face. I hope hope Pastor Jordan gets to see your face next week and the week after that and the week after that because you said yes and you got up and you went. Look, the miracle God promised might just be a step ahead of you. Three things to run with God. Say yes, go. And number three, just declare. Just declare. Jonah finally said yes. He got off his rear end, if you will, and he went and then he declared the work of the Lord. You know, we just read verse three a moment ago. It says, preach to it the message that I tell you. That's what verse three said. And then in the next verse it says, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And astonishingly, astonishingly, the people repented and they turned to God. I mean, it was even astounded uh, Jonah, but it was a miracle. Look, if you're going to run with God, you just need to quit making excuses. You need to quit making excuses. Say yes to God, get up off your rear end and start moving in the right path. And then begin to say what God says. What does God say about your life? What does God say about your finances? What does God say about your marriage? What does God say about your children? You know, you need to give God some words to work with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, some of us are giving the devil some words to work with, but you need to give God some words to work with. We say all kinds of things about 
you know, what goes on in our life and how bad it is and how terrible it is and all these kind of things. You know, when Jonah spoke, he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know. He didn't have a clue. I mean, he just, he just said, you know, to repent and turn from God and, I mean, turn to God and all those kind of things. And, and he didn't know what was going to If the people would or would not, he just didn't know. But he proclaimed and he declared what God told him to say. You know, that ought to be us. We ought to just declare what God tells us about everything in our life. I mean, the, the problem wasn't his responsibility of whether or not Nineveh was going to change or not. All God told him to do was just tell the people to repent. So he went through the city, and I would imagine for those next few days, every person he saw, he told them to repent. If he said it one time, I bet he said it a thousand times to, every, to everybody that came, anybody that gathered around him. All those days, he just said to the people, just turn to God, repent from your evil ways. That was the message. What's your message? What do you say about yourself? I said it a moment ago, what do you say about your family? What do you say about your life? What do you say about your circumstances? You need to give God some words to work with. These are seeds that you plant. God needs some seeds. I hear people say, it's hard times. I don't have enough money. You know, I just filled up my truck with gas in Sheridan, Wyoming. $245. Somebody say, oh me. That's right. And you know exactly, because every time you go to that pump to fill up, it's twice what it used to be. You know, we're complaining, we're griping, we're doing all those kind of things. We're saying, my children are out of control. I never have peace. Everything's a mess in my life. I don't have enough money. I mean, these are all the kind of words that we say. I just don't have hope. You know, you're not giving any, any words to God that He can work with when you're saying those kind of things. You've only said what the devil says and what he's done to you. Why don't you say what God will do and what He, and what he will do for you? Why don't you change the way you're speaking? If you're going to run with God, you've got to quit saying what you say and start saying what God says. And when you speak it, you'll start seeing it. When Jonah began to speak it, he started to see it. And Nineveh began to change. And they put on sackcloth, began to fast. Listen, nothing happened until he opened his mouth. Some of you say things, repeat things, murmur things, spread things, gossip things. Your tongue is so long, you can sit in the living room and lick a spoon in the kitchen. <laughs> that's, that's how long your tongue is. <laughs> your mouth gets you what you sometimes don't want. Am I right? I want you to get this. Words and wells are sometimes connected. Just like words and wonders are connected. Are your words connected to wells, or are they connected to wonders? It's your words. You know, when Jonah spoke what God said, wells sank, wonders rose. Some of you need to change your words. I'm teaching you how to run with God. I mean, you've come to God. That's good. That's a good step. You used to run from God. Now you ran to God. It's not good enough. Our Christian life demands that we run with God. We do it by saying yes. We do it by going. We do it by making our declaration. You know what Jonah did to run with God? He woke up, rose up, and he spoke up. I think that's what this church needs to do, Pastor Jordan. I think we need to run with God in a better way. You can do this not hard. 
By the way, if you don't want to run with God, He's got a fish for you. But if you do, He's got a second chance for you. I want the second chance. You know, a lot of times I need the second chance. It took a whale for Jonah to get his bearings. What's it going to take for you? Is it going to take a tragedy, trial, hard, hard days, dark days, circumstances? What's it going to take for you to be able to say yes to God? Some of you are being swallowed by disasters. You're being swallowed by, by insecurity. Some of you have been swallowed by guilt and shame. What kind of well has swallowed you? A well of confusion, a well of financial problems and issues, a well of health concerns, relationship problems, addiction setbacks. I don't know if you're aware of this or willing to accept this, but God does allow you to walk through things. Because like I said a moment ago, he's trying to get you back in the perfect will of God. He's got to send a well to do it. He'll do it. Remember, in the permitted will of God, you don't feel the hand of God. You've kind of come out from underneath that umbrella. And so, having issues and tragedies and those kind of things, I don't want to say it's to be expected. I'm just saying it's because God's trying to get you to say yes to Him. He's trying to get you to get up and go again. He's trying to get you to declare and say what He says about your life. Jonah did not deserve a second chance, but he got one anyway. You and I don't deserve a second chance, but we got one. Most of you didn't deserve a second chance or a fifth chance or a tenth chance or a hundredth chance, but you know what? God keeps giving it to us. Why? Because he wants you to walk in his perfect will. He doesn't want you to live in a well. I want you to know this. God's grace is unlimited for your time, a lifetime. You don't have forever, though. You only have one lifetime. Hebrews 3 says, today if you'll hear my voice and not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion, it says salvation will come to you. Changes will come to you. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to ask God to help you to say yes. I want you to turn and make a change. I want you to get out of the belly of that well right now. And say, Lord, whatever it is you've called me to do, I'm going to go do it. I don't know how hard it will be. I don't know how difficult it will be, but I'm going to do it. Lord, I'm going to say what you say. I'm going to quit saying what I say. You know, uh, for, for some of you, I think maybe sin has trapped you because I want to, I want to, pray, for, I want to pray for you for, for this thing about going with God and having a second chance. But you know, sometimes that second chance comes because we've had sin in our life. We need a second chance. Am I right? That's true, isn't it? We feel the guilt and the shame that we've... we've um, carried in our life and the burden that we've carried in our life. You know, it's kind of like these drug commercials you watch on TV. You ever see those come up on TV? Five seconds of what this miracle drug does for you, and then 25 seconds of all the side effects and everything it does to kill you. Right? That's how sin is. Five seconds of how, how wonderful it is, but the 25 seconds you don't pay attention to, the small print about the destruction that comes in your life. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? I want to pray for you. Is there, is there someone today that would say, and be honest with yourself, that I feel like I've been in the belly of a whale? Just slip your hand up and you put it right back down. Amen. Amen. You feel some dark days, some tragedies. You just feel, you know, you've got bad circumstances, bad luck, whatever it might be. It could be because you've said no to God. He wants you to say yes today. 
He wants you to get, get up and go. He wants you to fulfill what He called you to do, the assignment that He's given to you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you right now, all the people that raise their hands, all those that are watching this right now, online or wherever they may be, we just pray, Lord, that we could be not like Jonah that ran from God, not necessarily that he ran to God, but that we could run with God, that we could run with you. To do that, Lord God, today we're declaring yes. The answer is yes. Whatever you ask us to do, the answer is yes. Lord, we're going to get up and go. Whatever it is you tell us to do, wherever you tell us to go, we're going to do it. We're going to fulfill that assignment in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you right now to help us just to say what you say, to declare what you declare, and tell it the way you say to tell it. Lord, let our words be words of power, words of hope, and words of faith. Let us give you some words to work with right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for that. We thank you for that, Father. And then, Lord, for those who are walking through things in life because they're separated from you. Lord, they've not given their heart completely over to you. Lord, we're calling on you right now. Come into my life. Change my heart. Change my life. Make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. Let old things pass away because today I'm saying yes. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, is God good? Let's give God a good offering of praise. Pastor Jordan. <clears throat> You know, I just felt like, I felt like saying yes. And for me, the yes is press ahead, persevere, never stop. Keep serving God. And I, I don't know, I've kind of felt like quitting sometimes. So I was like, again, the Lord says, keep going. And I know many of you feel that way. Keep going. Stay strong. Stay the course. So will you stand up with us this morning? It's grateful. We're grateful to have you here today with us. want to just... Um, if, if you want prayer, the altars are open. Um, I'm so proud of you, man. You guys have been such an amazing group of people to walk with. So we love you. If you want prayer, we're here for you. We will catch you all next week. Don't forget to sign up for Vacation Bible School for the Munchkins. My kids are super fired up about that. They ask about it every day and are inviting everybody. So um, love you very much. Give Pastor Mike a hug on your way out. It's great to have him here. We love you. We'll catch you all next week. <laughs>